Amen. Tonight, Wednesday, June 22nd, and we are starting our midweek service. We are entering into our new series, New Wineskin and Old Wineskin. So we're going into the Wineskin series, and we're going to be teaching on that subject, amen, um, in a little bit of a detail. We're going to look at two portions of the scripture uh, to start as foundational, uh, Matthew chapter 9, and uh, starting on Sunday, probably Mark chapter 2. Both of them account for the parable or the lessons in which Jesus begins to respond to a request from the religious leaders about different things. Now, we know this because we started this as I introduced that we would be getting into the wineskin series. We were dealing with uh, the, the wedding uh, feast or the banquet, the wedding banquet. We're talking about being ready. We're talking about uh, the invitation of those who were invited and then refused. And we know that it depicts, amen, the foundation of the Jews and the Gentiles. For those of us uh, that were of the Jewish nation or those of the chosen God's people, and then when they rejected and crucified him, we know it was then given on to us as the Gentiles, salvation in the gospel. With that being said, in that portion of scripture in Matthew uh, chapter 9, it gets into the question about fasting. And in that fasting, it then carries over into the wineskin. And so tonight we're going to start in Matthew. But I want to use this as an introduction uh, to this series to help us understand uh, how this lays out and some of the things that we can think and, 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 and forecast of understanding. This is about salvation. This is about uh, religion. This is about legalism. And this is about spiritual freshness of the gospel. Amen. And so for those of you that may be watching or hearing this, watching this on activating uh, YouTube page, the activating YouTube page, or you're listening to this on the Spotify podcast, activating and this would be podcast number 43. So tonight, amen, as we look at this, amen, we're going to take a look at this portion of scripture in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 9. The Bible reads this in verse 14. The Bible says, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often? but your disciples do not fast. And Jesus says in verse 15, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Verse 16, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor, in verse 17, do they put new wine into old wineskin, <clears throat> or else the wineskins break, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskin, and both are preserved. Both are preserved i want to just look at this amen this is uh for some amen a little bit uh difficult amen sometimes to understand what this is and we look at it in a literal sense amen but we don't look into the message in which jesus is trying to present to those who are questioning him excuse me a little bit of coffee there um I just got done driving about four or five hours, and I'm here on time for church. It's a testimony. Come on, somebody. Fasting suggests mourning. Like, I'm sorrowful. I'm mourning the loss of someone. So fasting, in verse 15, represents Morning. And now you got to understand this. The response of Jesus to the questions of fasting shows his authority over religious 
observations or observance. Amen. Now, I want you to understand this observance. Amen. We're just watching. We're looky loose. We're kind of watching to see what happens. Amen. We're watching things uh, unfold. We're watching things uh, develop. Amen. And so just like in this time where Jesus is here on the earth, amen, with his followers, we too today, thousands of years later, can be religious observers. Amen. Or we're in religious observation. Amen. So in religious observance, uh, uh, amen, we can be just looking to see what other people are doing to see which will we like and which will we don't like. And then we kind of go with the flow of those things. Now, as a side note, this is where my heart gets heavy for people who are looking for a church. Because many times, amen, it's just ob uh, observations, amen, that we make when we come into a church. And I, I, I just I, I, I just hate to say this, amen, but. There's no, in our faith with God, in our faith through Jesus Christ to God our Father, there's no window shopping, amen? And many people will spend days, weeks, months, and yes, God forbid, even years in search of where they call a home. Now, don't get me wrong, I understand. You can sit here and talk to me, especially like this on a podcast, 43 Amen. Or another podcast. Amen. We can sit down and dialogue about this, uh, converse about this. Amen. And you can sell me. Amen. Sand in the desert. Or even sand on the beach. Amen. You can sell me salt water and, 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 and say that you're selling me salt and water mixed in together. What does that mean? I mean, I, I understand we have all these uh, inclinations and 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 necessities that we're looking for. We're looking for a man of God who can preach good. I don't know anybody who can preach the word of God and preach it bad. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. If I read scripture alone, some will say, I've heard people say this, they didn't like that church because the preacher was boring. I didn't like that because the preacher was boring. And I understand people will, will shirt tail on that and say, well, because there was no anointing. What they're really saying, there was no charismatic or there was no charisma in their preaching. A lot of times we want to be tickled in entertainment. We want to be made to laugh. Amen. And we want us to be uh, 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 presented with a presentation, a sermon and message that keeps us awake. I open up the Bible, and yes, the peace of God puts me to sleep, but it's the scriptures, amen, that are alive to me. They are alive to me. And then we don't like the way this one spit. We don't like the way this one yelled. We don't like the way this one hopped. We don't like the way this one skipped. We don't like the way this one jumped, amen. And then sometimes we'll, we'll even critique it down to, and I don't know why I'm saying all this. This is a message for somebody tonight. Uh. We can critique it to the point where we like the preacher, we hated the worship, and we were at, okay in the kids' ministry and, and the facilities and so forth and so on. And then we'll pawn that, amen, we love the kids, we hate the preacher, and the music worship was okay. We love the worship, we can't stand the preacher, and the kids, well, you know, they were okay, and vice versa. You get what I'm saying? So Jesus, amen, was confronted by this type of spirit, this observance. And so I want you to understand this, amen. He is now being watched, and they're coming to him, and they're asking these questions. Why can't, or why do not, and why won't, or why have not your disciples fasted like we do? And Jesus, amen, in verse 15, as we read, is a, is a suggestion of mourning. And Jesus begins to tell these religious observers, amen, that the presence of Jesus with his disciples, which inaugurated the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. So he's telling them, amen, it's an occasion for joyful celebration, not mourning. You are fasting because you're still in a religious observance. I am the one that you are fasting for. I am the one that you are mourning for because you're waiting for the Meshua, amen, the Messiah to come and save you. And I am he right in front of you. And so he says, my disciples are with me. Do you still fast when the bridegroom is there? I mean, this is the celebration time, not the morning time. Such is seen as, 
such a scene as we went over this about four, three, four weeks ago. That at a wedding banquet, Jesus rhetorically responds, further demonstrates the era of mechanical fast. Mechanical fast. We just do fasting because that's what we do, and we do it on this day because that's the way and the day that we do it. Amen? Mechanical. You start your car, the oil pumps automatically starts up. And I want you to understand this. Sometimes we are in celebration and we're not in mourning. Come on, somebody. Mechanical fast. So he's, he's given a rhetorical response, which further demonstrates that air of that type of fasting. You guys are just on a routine thing. You are on a mechanical flow. Amen. And that's why you're questioning why my disciples who are with me, why they're not fasting. Because they are, have been inaugurated, amen, that the kingdom of God is an occasion for joyful celebration. Man, they're breaking bread. They're eating tacos. Come on, somebody. They're festiving, amen, because Jesus is with them. And I want you to understand this. Mechanical fast, amen, is an error, which failed to discern God's specific directive. Fasting following Jesus' ascension is clearly taught, amen, in Acts chapter 13, verses 2, and, and even chapter 3, amen, in the book of Acts. I want you to understand this, John even chapter uh, uh, 3 and 5, or even Jonah chapter 3 and 5, amen? So I want you to understand this, amen? When we look at this, amen, where, be, where we begin to make this introduction into the wineskin series. I want you to understand this. There were a lot of religious things, routine things that were going on. And there was a lot of mechanical things that were going on. And when no one was following that flow of routine habit and religiousness or religiosity, People started to question it. And that's why Jesus responds. They didn't ask him about wineskin and old and new, but he was trying to give them the full gospel, what it was going to be about and how it reflects to you and I who believe in Jesus today. The old form of Judaism could not contain the spiritual freshness of the gospel. The old ways of religious belief in systematic ways was in nowhere capable and nowhere near at a capacity to experience the freshness or the living example of the gospel right before their eyes. Jesus was standing right there. Jesus is the one that they're actually questioning. Grace cannot be sown onto nor poured into. I want you to understand that. See, what happens here is everything's mechanical, and I want you to understand this because it's amazing on how we come to the Lord. It's amazing how we come to the Lord, and I want to give you this little uh, observation, amen? See, when you look at this, where Jesus is trying to explain to them grace, which he is going to be, he's going to be the grace, he's going to be the mercy. He's going to be the spotless lamb, the son of God without sin. He's going to be that sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Yet he was without sin. And they don't understand this yet because all they're doing is looking. They're not involved. They're not even in a spiritual relationship with God. Amen. Because Jesus is not here yet in their own mind frame. They're still waiting for Jesus to come. They're not even there. Amen. I want you to understand that they're not even there. And so they're still mourning and praying for this Savior that one day is going to show up. This is, man, this is, you know, 30-some years later after his birth, man. And they're still mourning his, his arrival. I mean, I want you to catch this with me. Jesus starts his, his ministry well over 30 years old, yet he was born prior to that moment. Don't Did they forget the massacre of all the young men, the young children, did they forget, amen, the wise men in the east and so forth and so on? Obviously, they have. Generations have gone on, and new generations are maturing. And yet, they're still at that bottleneck place where they're still mourning and wondering, when is all this going to take place? And Jesus is standing right before them in adult form, in his glory, not in his holy form or deity form, but in his earthly form as man speaking to them. Now, these men called his disciples 
we're already following him. And he says, when he talks about a man, no one puts a piece of old shrunk cloth onto an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. I want you to understand he's talking about grace and mercy. He's talking about grace and mercy. So as an introduction, I want you to understand this is all about God's grace and God's mercy upon our life when we get, amen, right with God through salvation. When we get right with God through salvation. So let me just stop right there. Like I said, a, an observation, right? So here it is. Many people lose the understanding that something is particularly miraculous when it comes to selling all, dropping all, and following Jesus. Now we're going to look at, amen, into detail, sometimes on the Wednesday midweek service, sometimes on the Friday night Bible study. Maybe it'll be a discussion on the, on the gossiping, amen, which we only have a couple of more of those because we're going into, actually, I think we only have one more of those. Uh, we're into the summer season and, and uh, it's time for people, amen, to celebrate and be out there with their families, amen. And uh, I know my membership gun range doesn't close until seven o'clock on Sunday. So I'm going to get an extra day in there, amen. So we got like one more gossiping, amen, and, and so forth and so on. But listen, I want you to understand this, amen. Maybe it'll be in one of the gossiping, maybe a gossiping, maybe it'll be on a Friday night Bible study and more in detail on our Wednesdays for the podcast. I want we're going to get into detail of the fishermen, right? Jesus, Peter, Peter and Matthew and them, they were called, amen. And, and Jesus says, drop your nets and follow me. There's something miraculous when 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 a follower of Jesus or a disciple of Jesus drops everything. I want you to hear this. Drops everything and follows him when we look at the we're going to look at in one uh, one of the parts of the series we're going to look at the rich young ruler it is something about it is something about when someone sells it all sacrifices it all amen to follow jesus yes <clears throat> i was watching a youtube of some <clears throat> some fishing guys that i like to watch amen and they were trying to buy a boat for one of their ex-bosses amen now these uh, three guys used to hang out they used to do a lot of fishing together and boating together and now the three have split off and they have now started their own channels and now they're you know full time into youtubing and all that other stuff and now their ex-boss who got them involved into this they went out and bought them a boat but before they could do that they were a few thousand dollars short so they went to a casino they took half of what they did they had like two thousand dollars they needed a total of $4,000. So they took the $2,000 and they went to a casino and they bet it all. Come on. They put all the two grand on their first roll of the roulette, amen. And so they put it on red and they won and they got four grand. They doubled their money. There's something about when you bet it all. Come on. Right? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't bet it in a long time. But when Jesus begins to deal with the rich young ruler, he tells them, he tells them, sell everything you get, give to the poor. Amen. And I want you to, there's something about when you give it all. There's something about when you give it all. Because that allows us, like in Nicodemus, which we're going to look at also in this understanding from the old to the new. And then one of the other parts of the series will be with Paul the Apostle and teaching about baptism, amen, and so forth and so on. And so I want you to understand there's something about it when you give it all. Why? Because then you start fresh. You start new. We've gotten into the system where I know a lot of people, amen, who have been serving God for a lot of years, yet they come with their old mindsets. They come with their old traditions. They come with their own foundations, own and old, own their own foundations. In other words, I'm going to do it my way. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm coming to church this way. And, and, and it just, man, it just grieves my heart and my spirit because why, why even choose faith? Why even choose Christianity? Why even choose spirituality if you're only going to come to try to negate or negotiate your way through? I know I'll give this. I want that. I, I'm looking for this and I won't do that. It does not make sense. And this is what Jesus is talking about. So in this series, this is what you're going to expect to find. The truth. The truth and reason. 
And no apologetics on it. We'll talk a little bit about it, but no apologetics about it. I'm not going to apologize about the gospel. The fact of the matter is there's something about when you sell it all. There's something about when you give it all. It's amazing when somebody has been serving the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about, man, I'm not happy for you. <clears throat> yes, praise God that you finally got it. Praise God that you finally got it. But I want you to understand that for those, and I don't know why we went into it, but listen, for those of you that are looking for a church and there's church shopping and church hopping and, 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 and everything else, amen, because you haven't found a home, amen, my prayers are to you because, man, that is not a place to be. That is not a place to be. And also this, amen, imagine all the damage that has been done by your chaos and your canal carnality or, and I'll say this, amen, don't get offended, amen, that's why I always say it's always blessed, amen, to speak to our body, our church, amen, and not just to the World Wide Web and to the looky-loos and everything else and the, those people that just like to follow this and follow that, no, when you're part of the ministry, when you're part of the house, amen, when you're part of this family, amen, you understand what we're coming from, amen, you know, and, and the reality is, amen, it's no different like when I was growing up, amen, when we wanted to do what other people were doing, my parents would say, that's not where you live, you live here, come on, somebody, and people do things different, and, but in this house, this is the way we do it, and so that's what I mean, what you, you already understand, amen, that we're going to present the gospel, amen, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, amen, and so this is what it is, sometimes the damage that you've done by fighting the funk, by resisting the surrenderance, and that's why Jesus, in the very beginning of this gospel of Matthew, amen, it is very apparent that he begins to get questioned about what's happening and what's going on. And I want you to understand this, amen. He goes right for the juggler and he tells them, amen, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, amen, for the patch pools away from the uh, old garment, amen, and the tear is worse it's made worse, amen, and no one puts new wine into an old wineskin, or else the wineskin breaks, and the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined, both, but they both put these in new wine into a new wineskin, and both are preserved, Mark looks at it, amen, that is spilled, amen, because of the fermenting process, amen, it expands, and it tears it apart, I want you to understand something, amen. When we come to Jesus, it's about being new and fresh. Sometimes we come with our still our own mindset and we'll say, well, you know, I'm a work in progress, amen. Well, bless you for being a work in progress, amen. Why don't you go sit in the corner and be your own work in your own progress? Come on, somebody. I, you know, like I said, I don't mean to offend nobody. Come on. And you can reach back to me if you didn't like that. Come on, talk to me about it. Amen. God's working on me. I'm a work in progress. Amen. And I'll say, amen, go then sit in your corner. Be, amen, a work in progress at your own progress. But as for the gospel, amen, we know that nothing new is put into anything old. Come on, somebody. And so, yes, it's glorious when somebody gets baptized. Amen. But man, the damage, the carnality, the, 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 the slothfulness, the, the unstewardable uh, ship, amen, and all these other things because you were fighting the funk when you knew better. Some of us know better. And we finally just surrender. I want to say that, amen. If you don't believe that, amen, reach back. DM me. Let's get on this podcast, amen, and hear what you got to say, amen. And so the reality is many of us know what we're supposed to do. Many of us know what we're supposed to do. Yet we just don't do it until we're finally able and ready to surrender. Many will fall away from the faith because the lack of this series, amen? The lack of this understanding. Why is that, amen? Because we try to come into something new, being old, and God will not put nothing new into something old because if he did that, it would destroy you. And that's what happens many times. We come in looking the part, acting the part. Amen. That's why many have fallen away from the faith. That's why many Christians struggle in their faith. That's why sometimes they're doing good and they're going good for a while. And all of a sudden they just, it's like they just, what? They got T-boned. And yes, that does occasionally happen. You get T-boned, you get sideswiped. 
But many of the majority of times, I'll say that again, many of the majority of times, you could see the slip coming. You could see the T-bone happening. You could already know and be aware, pre-existing, that the side swipe is coming. Why? Because what you're involved in. What you're involved in. Nothing more greater. You know, last night as I was sleeping, um, the way I positioned the van with the fire pit, amen, it was like right in the downwind. So uh, as the fire started to dwindle, or if I doused it one night, uh, the smoke uh, from the fire, amen, just went right into the van. Amen, right into the van. And so we smelled it all night. Amen. And I, and I kept remembering fire and smoldering and ash and dust and the refiner's fire and so forth and so on. And you know what? There, there's nothing greater when a sinner comes into the church. Let me just say this. Amen. A sinner. What is a sinner? Amen. Someone. Amen. And, and like I said, this is probably going to irritate you. Well, we all sinners. Yes, we do. Well, here's the thing. The Bible says in Romans, amen, that we all fall short of God's glory. But a sinner is someone who does not know Jesus. We're talking about those. When, you know, when I'm sitting around with one of the brothers, amen, like Brother Joseph, sometimes we're sitting around and, and I'll say, yeah, but who is that addressed to? Who is Jesus talking to? And what I want to hear is, the, is a response. And, and many times we'll sit there and we'll talk and we'll be dialoguing and and, and just kind of going through scripture and talking, amen. And, and many times I say, yes, but what is it? And, and many times we'll come and say, well, that's to the believer. Exactly. That's to the believer, not the sinner. There are many more scriptures written to the believer and many times more times than just to the sinner. Much more scripture is evidently available for us who believe. And not to those as much as it is who do not believe. Because that's very simple. For John 3.16 and John 3.17. There's very few. Yeah, I want you to understand that majority of the epistles are written to the believers. When we look at the first letter, letter of the letter to the Corinthians, amen. And Corinthians, the second Corinthians, and some of the epistles, amen. Uh, Ephesians, the church of Ephesus, and Galatia, and so forth and so on. These were to believers. You know, the second letters are normally a uh, uh, Theoretically, uh, because they, Paul says, hey, man, do, do I need to write to you again? Do I need to remind you again? He wrote one letter and then he had to write a second. Those were to believers. Those were to the church members. And so I want you to understand this. Yes, we all fall short of God's glory. Don't think, amen, that you're just righteous off the bat. No, we all fall short. But I'm talking about sinners. And so when I'm smelling that, the, 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 the soot or the, the fragrance of the smoldering fire i think about that amen when 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 a sinner comes into the church when a sinner comes into the church and they smell like alcohol or they smell like cigarettes or they just smell like like they've been on the streets for a while you know because we have homeless people around and i want you to say that that's an aroma amen when they're coming in to find jesus but what's annoying amen and i'll be honest with you what's annoying is when a believer comes in smelling like that. When a believer comes in speaking about the glories of the Lord. Not the sinner, because man, it's aroma. Man, when they come in, they're like, man, I'm a sinner, man. I'm an alcoholic. I, have you been saved? Have you get, no, I haven't given my life to Jesus yet. I don't know. And they're struggling and, and you're trying to work with them and you're trying to, you know, uh, uh, preach the gospel and disciple them and walk them through that. But I'm talking about the one who says they read scripture and I'm talking about the one, amen, who says they pray every day. I'm talking about the one that says glory to God. God has been good to me. And when they come in, they smell like alcohol. When they come in, they smell like cigarettes. And let alone, amen, they come in, they smell like marijuana. Or Mary J, whatever you want to call it. You get what I'm saying? Because Jesus says, old religion, old systematical religion ways are not capable of the freshness of the gospel of Jesus Christ because they were systematical. They were, they were mechanical, like they're fasting when they came to question him here in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 9. Are you getting this tonight? 
They were mechanical and they wanted to answer, they wanted the answers to these questions. You guys are a mechanical habitual, and this is religious. Amen. But my disciples, why would they, amen, as in the bridegroom, why would they continue to mourn? He says in verse 50, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? Amen. It's party time. Come on. And that's the gospel. It's exciting. It's refreshing. It's releasing. And it's deliverance. Come on, somebody. And he tells them, amen, uh, because there will come a day in verse 15 when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast then. Amen. No one puts, amen, amen, uh, 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 no one puts, amen, new, fresh gospel belief in faith onto old religious Judaism, systematical, habitual, mechanical practices. Because it will destroy it. Why? Because it doesn't use oil. Come on, somebody. It uses the Holy Spirit. And I want you to understand this, amen. The forms of Judaism, amen, could not contain the spiritual freshness of the gospel. Grace cannot be sown onto nor poured into the system of legalism. Into the system of legalism. Rather than patching up a brittle, worn out, and yes, obsolete system. Obsolete system. Rather than patching up a brittle, broke down, wore out, tore up, an obsolete legalism of systems, Jesus came to offer a new life imparted by faith in him and him alone. And that's what this series is about. It's about how you take your religious and your old, obsolete, worn out, broke down, broke out, amen, amen, a tore up, amen, a, a legalistic system that's obsolete and give it all. Sell it all. Throw it all, drop it all, and accept the freshness of gospel, of grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, the freshness of grace and mercy. And what does that mean, amen? We come in, and when we say we know how to talk, amen, uh, uh, Christianese, amen, hallelujah, glory to God, amen, praise the Lord. We know, we know all that, but is our heart genuine? Do we live not only in and under the grace, but we do we live to pour out the grace of Christ on others? There are many Christians that are still battling with unforgiveness in their hearts for one another. For one another. And we'll come up with this legalism way of I forget, I, I forgive, but I won't forget. Come on, somebody. That's an old system. That's obsolete. It's worn out. It, it, it's tore up. It's broken. Come on, somebody. It's frailed. That's an obsolete system of legalism. Many times when you have to justify why it's taking you the time that it's taking you to accept in faith the gospel of grace and mercy in Jesus Christ, you can rest assured that you are battling with legalism, amen, and religiosity, amen, because you're trying to justify what you do is enough. Come on, somebody. What you're doing is just enough and that Jesus is satisfied. Let me tell you something. Jesus is never satisfied. Paul the Apostle would teach this in many of his uh, epistles to the church. There's a thing about being content, but also wanting much more. Come on, somebody. And we're going to look into those areas as we break out and break into this series. Hopefully, by the time we're done, it'll bring you into a place, amen? It'll bring you into a place where you're able to break free, to bust loose. And allow the freshness of the gospel, amen, of Jesus Christ.
to move freely through your lives. Amen. And that's the thing. That's the thing. Yes, there's forgiveness. Yes, there's grace. But the Bible teaches this in Hebrews. Amen. It's not what you do not know. It's what you do know and still refuse to do. What you know and do not do, that's what hurts you. And yes, there's forgiveness. But what happens when you've already asked for that forgiveness and you have continued in that legalism and religious system until you're finally ready to surrender? My question is this, and I want to strike this conversation. We already struck two conversations, and I told you to hit me back. But here's a third one. And I'm getting ready to close here, amen. As in this introduction, I think we got enough going on to get your wheels rolling and your, your minds, amen, in the spiritual sense, spinning, amen, to want to know more about how God's new, new life, new life in faith, by faith in him, can be poured into and poured onto me. And if I know that it can't be done on an old wineskin, then I must become new. I must give up the brittle, worn out, tore up, broke down, obsolete system of religiosity and legalism. Legalism. I want you to understand that we're trying to, like we're some kind of attorney trying to defend our case of why God's taking the process of time the way he is. It's God. He's the one that's taking long in me. Or we come up with these catchphrases, amen, a project under construction. Man, we know if it was a furry furring of a project, amen, construction in progress, amen, a work in progress, amen, we know that in three days he restored what it took decades, decades, decades to build in the temple. People were blown away. And I want you to understand this. They were blown away by him saying, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will restore it. And they were like, what in the world is this clown talking about, man? It took decades. My great, great grandfather, my great grandfather, my grandpappy, they all, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and they're saying, you're going to do it in three days. They didn't, they, 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 they see what I'm saying? The old system that's brittle, it's very fragile, amen? It won't stand the test of fire as Paul, all the apostles teaches in the book of Romans. It does not survive the testing of fire, amen? Because it's not pure, it's brittle, it's worn out, it's, it's, it's too loosey-goosey, amen? And they, it's got too much wiggle-waggle, amen? There's too much uh, play in it, amen, that it, it can go either way to your liking, to your favor. And it's obsolete. The moment that Jesus shows up on the scene and gives his life for you and me, amen, we know that legalism, that legalistic and that religiosity of systems of systems, amen, is obsolete because faith is given by, uh, uh, grace is given, mercy is given by faith and faith alone. By faith and faith alone. And in alone, it's in Jesus. It isn't in your mama. It isn't in your daddy. It isn't in your great-grandpappy. It isn't in your wife. It isn't in your husband. It isn't in your children and children. It isn't in your parents. Amen. It's in Jesus alone. It ain't in your church. It ain't through your pastor. Amen. It ain't through your Bible study leader. Come on, somebody. It is in Jesus and Jesus alone. We must understand this. Nothing new can be poured into. Nothing new can be sewn onto. Anything that's still old. That's why people lose their what they call, I lost my faith. You didn't lose your faith. You never had it. Because if you had it, you would have had it from the beginning. I believe that if Jesus could resurrect in three days, why can't he deliver me in three days? Oh, that is not the way it works, preacher man. That's not the way it works, Pastor Ray. Man, fooey. Hogwash. Baloney. Amen? Because the Bible says he delivered a swine's, a herd of swine's 
Amen. He delivered a legion of spirits into a herd of swines. He delivered spirits. Amen. He healed sicknesses. Amen. That weren't more than a day old. He, 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 he delivered diseases and sickness and paralysis. Amen. From birth, from birth. Why can't he set you and me free the moment we get on our knees? I still believe he can. The problem is we're trying to take a new, a, a, a new freshness of a gospel called the grace gospel, the mercy gospel, that Jesus died for you and all, and one of us, and all of us. He died for us all without us ever making a contribution of value of exchange for his life on the cross of Calvary. That's called the gift of grace. That's called the gift. We didn't pay for it. We didn't earn it. Yet though we were still sinners, Christ dies for you and I. And that new freshness of system, it doesn't make sense into this world. You mean for free? Yes. And people now have gotten into the thing. Nothing's for free. Not even, I've heard people say this, not even, not even salvation is free. Because if you get saved, you got to go to a church, and you got to pay for it. No, listen, do not get caught up in that old, obsolete, worn out, brittle, tore up, and just broke down religious legalistic system. That's obsolete. If you are trying to defend why it's taking a process, if you are trying to uphold and make every excuses like a public defender or an attorney or lawyer, trying to present your case, why Jesus is taking as long as he is and why you've gone from this way and that way. Let me tell you something, amen. You might just be on an old system. This is what the wineskin and this is what the, 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 the patch the, the, that, that is being sewn onto something. It's a system that is going against the freshness of the gospel that is only in faith in Jesus Christ, you can't see it. Many of us have not seen Jesus. We weren't there yet today. We still believe. How many times have we looked back and go, man, do you remember this TV show? Or, hey, do you remember the system? Hey, do you remember this? I was reading an article today. Amen. Kraft and mac and cheese are going to change their name. Man, there are going to be kids that are growing up. And they're going to be, you know, uh, the syrup because of the, of the wokeness, amen, of our nation, amen. Uh, you know, Aunt Jemima, uh, 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 uh syrup is no longer called Aunt Jemima, amen. Uh, there's a lot of things that are no longer there. There's a lot of statutes. There's a lot of uh, monuments. There's a lot of names. There's a lot of uh, uh, stores. Uh, there's a lot of things that will change. And not, don't get me wrong. Some of these things may and could be necessary. Some of these things could be good and effective. But that's not my point. My point is we're going to have kids grow up one day. And it's going to be a remnant of the way things used to be. It's going to be a remnant of a system that's no longer there. Amen. A, a, a progress that is no longer working. I, I want you to understand this. Amen. I, I, I always follow, amen, military news. And, and, and we, we just recently had some uh, 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 state-of-the-art uh, destroyers, uh, uh, ships, battleships, amen, that were made, amen, during a time of war. And now these ships are not even a quarter or maybe barely getting on, not even halfway through their cycle of life. And they're already being, uh, being presented to, to Congress to have them decommissioned. Matter of fact, if I stand corrected, some of these ships on that contract have not even been finished built, being built. But already because of the shifting of time and the shifting of our climate, those ships would be considered obsolete. The systems were made to be interchangeable for different crises and different uh, scenarios of war and maritime and different things. And now they're not even, like I said, I think they're not, barely two-thirds of the lifespan of that ship. And they're already trying to scrap the whole idea and change it all up. Why? Because it's a system that's not working. It's a mechanical means that's no longer effective. In other words, it's obsolete. That's who you and I are when we come to Jesus. 
We're an old obsolete system. We are an old, amen, mechanical means that's no longer working. It's, it, it's broken. It's worn out. It, it, it's brittle. And we come to Jesus because we need saving. We need salvation in order to be in relationship with our creator, the father that's in heaven. And with that, amen, we come new. And with that new Jesus is able to pour out and pour on to you the grace and the mercy in which he intended it to be. That'll set you free. That'll deliver you. Yes, deliver you from alcoholism, deliver you from smoking, set you free from drugs. Come on, somebody. And so forth and so on to turn your life drastically and radically 360 degrees in the opposite direction because his grace and mercy brings the correction that was broken in us. It corrects it because we now we have his grace and mercy through faith and faith alone. It's not something that we've done. It's not something that we've earned and it's not something that we paid for and we bought. We were given it. So I tell you this in this series, amen, open up your ears, open up your minds and let your eyes be focused because in this series, this is what you're going to come to find this in this series. This is what you're going to come to discover, amen. And yes, listen, if you are a work in progress, I'm here to tell you right now, especially in our church, if you are a work in progress, Jesus is come with his team called the Holy Ghost and the father in heaven. Amen. And all his ambassadors, the priesthood and so forth. And so forth. The fivefold ministry to tell you, amen, we're doing a one day complete build. Amen. God wants to restore you and set you free. Yes. If you will just drop it all, let it all go. Give it all, sell it all. As I was saying in the, in the, in the, in the reference to those guys, get, bet it all. Bet all your old systems, bet all your old, amen. And I'm, I'm talking about gambling with it, but I'm saying, put it all, sell it all, give it all, toss it all. And in faith, believe that Jesus, Jesus is here to set you free. And I believe this. If you'll take your bottle of whiskey, booze, or whatever it may be. Yes, even that wine that keeps getting you into trouble. Come on, somebody. Take that pack of cigarettes. Crumble them up and say, you know what, Lord, I believe in you more than anything of the systems of this world. Give it all. Throw it all in there. Come on, put it on there. I challenge you. I challenge you. See what God can do. If Jesus could restore the temple within three days, you don't think. You don't believe that he could do more with you. Tonight. This is the introduction to this series. We're going to get down in the knitting gritty of this. We're going to roll up our spiritual sleeves. We're going to have feasting after feasting of scripture. And I pray that you're ready. I pray that you're ready. Amen. Because I believe God wants to take that project, that, 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 that work in progress, that under construction. And he wants to pull all that apart and say, it is done. Your progress time of delays. And interruption, uh, interruptions and, and interactions and, and setbacks and distractions and oppositions and everything else. He wants to remove all that and get you done. Come on, somebody. Because I believe today is the day and now is the time. And we're going to believe that. Amen. Nothing new. Nothing new is sown onto. Nothing new is poured into anything that's still owed. And I want you to understand this, amen, if you're still old and locked in that old legalism and that old obsolete system of mechanicalism, of habitual religiosity, that you just do it because they told you to do it, this is how they do it, this, I don't know, we just do it, that's just what we do. And there's no explanation behind it of your, of your foundation, of your belief. I want you to know this, amen, today. God wants to make you new. And if you're stuck in that, that's why he has not given you anything new. That's why you end up struggling and losing your traction in your faith, because you're still on that moment of glory when you gave your life to Jesus. 
but your life has gone on. Some people in our church have gotten married after they've given their life to Jesus. Some of us, some of the people in our church have gotten jobs and so forth. And now they're wondering, why does this seem like a dead end job? Why does it seem like, and I want you, because you're still on that old system. You've matured, you've grown, your family's advanced, your family's multiplied. You, you You get what I'm saying? And unless you allow Jesus to make you new, how does he make you new? By you trusting in him, by his scripture and by the gospel. And we're going to look at that as we look at the rich young ruler, Nicodemus, Paul's teachings, amen, of baptism and everything else. I've meant, listen, we have an upcoming baptism. And when that happens, I pray that you'll be a part of it. But I'll tell you this, if you ever feel that you need to be baptized, we'll do it, amen, on the spot. We'll make it happen. We don't need to schedule it one time a year or two times or only during the summer, amen. And who cares how far we have to try? We will get it done. You want to get baptized, you just let me know and we will do it. Why? Because that should not be put off. And I want you to understand it's not a mechanical thing. It, it has to be a faith thing. Or you really, truly believe that the old man is put down and the new man is risen. And we're going to be teaching on that. All these things about Paul, the new, uh, the rich young ruler, Nicodemus, and some other things, amen, some other areas, amen, that I will be presenting during this wineskin series. I pray that you got something. And I remember I got three things that I tried to strike, amen, a conversation with you. And if that conversation or those three things that I pinpointed, if they stirred you up, if they struck you wrong, if they offended you, amen, get back to me. Let's talk about your thought on those things. And let's see what God will do tonight. The introduction to our next series, Wineskin. God bless you, amen. Father, we come before you tonight. And we thank you as we give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, God, we come before you tonight.